Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, the White Sox bullpen takes a big hit. The Cubs land a possible international star, and we dive into a fascinating Chicago sports stat. It's all coming your way on episode 72 now. Welcome in to the Belief in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gellman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman, the man on the other side of the Skype. He is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And I believe Believe, oh, I can't say that ten times fast. I believe the Believe Network changed their Twitter, too, so they're at Believe Network versus at Believe Podcast. So make sure to uh, check everything out there uh, for all of our content and all of our partners' content as well. Well, as Dad mentioned, I can't believe we're leading with baseball because it actually exists, contrary to popular belief, or the owners uh, who say they can't afford a team or payroll and then try to bid for Chelsea. But that's a story for a different day. Um, baseball should, is bad. Should we have bid for Chelsea? I think we should have. I'm a Manchester United guy, so never mind. I'm All out. right. I'm out of the race. <laughs> I just, I love, they're like, we can't pay more, you know, $2 million to $2.5 million for this deal, but... Uh, all three of us are willing to put up $4 billion for Chelsea. Good luck. Uh, it's fun. Anyways, so back to the diamond. We're about a week away from spring training closing and the regular season beginning. And it's exciting. Uh, but there are some news that we have to break down here um, because there are always going to be some White Sox questions and what's supposed to be uh, their World Series season, in my opinion, I'll let the White Sox expert talk about that. But they're 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 supposed to be in that window right now, and we got news up and down the docket. So Dan, I I, I turn the floor to you for some injury news, some trade news, and and what we got cooking on the South Side. Trade news. I hope we got something cooking. You could speak for yourself in terms of excited. Um, no, definitely excited, but obviously today a big blow uh, for White Sox fans with Gary Crochet, who is apparently per Rick Hahn and you know per everything out in the media, will get a second opinion, but most likely it seems like uh, you could put Tommy John surgery on the calendar, unfortunately, uh, for the young Southpaw. You know, Joey, I look at it and so many questions. Like Michael Kopech, he's pitched what? under 10 innings or so this spring. Like, you know, he barely made an appearance a couple days ago, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. So a big, big hit to the bullpen. That's somebody we're really going to rely on really late in ball games. Maybe your seventh, eighth type of setup guy, left-handed, you know, specialist who could throw the heat, however, however you want to take it, especially with the trade trading away, Craig Krimble, which good riddance. You bring in an AJ Pollock, but that's another arm out of the bullpen, a veteran arm, if you will, an arm who, if Krimble was still on the team, You'd have some hope, right? You'd, you'd, you'd pitch and hope, and hopefully he's like somewhat of the form of last year, but you don't even have him on the roster anymore because you trade him away for an outfielder. So in my really pessimistic head, I just see that as we basically traded Madrigal for A.J. Pollock, but take take that for what it is. The I guess, Thank you. Uh, yeah, the Sox might really lose that one if that's the kind of like vision or perspective you want to look at it through. They went all in last year in terms of that particular trade. Obviously, it didn't work out. Back to future times, 
that's rough. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want a big, I mean, Tommy John surgery, obviously, you know, you're out for the year, right? Like you're, you're not going to see them this year. And that's a big, big component. I mentioned Michael Kopech in terms of if you're going to have a star question mark like that Kopech. I mean, we don't really know if that's what they are. Um, all-star caliber pitcher for sure. But I mean, there's a lot of question marks when you look at that rotation going out of the bullpen with the crochet news and then just into the starting five rotation. Sure. You have your ACE fingers crossed, hopefully in, in a one Lucas Giolito, who obviously they got through all the negotiation contracts talks and whatnot that they needed to, but there's a lot of question marks the rest of the way. One, the biggest one being with Kopech Two, Lance Lynn, are they going to be this? You know, is that the same style pitcher you have last year? Like, is that is that consistent? Is that you know something you're going to get year over year for as long as you're on the south side? Potentially, uh, I don't know how sustainable that is. But even if you have a decent enough one-two punch, you know, with the Giolito and Lance Lynn being there, and you see what you get from Cease, what else do you have? Like, what else do you have in a Michael Kopech? And you know, what what do you have in a Dallas Keuchel who there's a lot of question marks in particular with that. Um, you know, left-handed pitcher, starting pitcher, and and taking Kopech out of the bullpen and inserting him into that starting five, which is totally fine. You need that starting, you know, you need to solidify a good starting rotation. Now, you trade a Ray Krimble. That didn't work out. Crochet, Tommy John surgery. Kopech removed from the bullpen potentially into a starting spot to see how that goes. You know, what do you really have now? I mean, you bring in, you have the addition of Joe Kelly, which I love, but now you have to really make sure everything else, you know, turns out in terms of a left-handed pitcher, you have Aaron Bummer. And then where do you go from there? Do you go to the farm system, right? And, and in terms, or like, do you, do you try to pick up a veteran along the way and, and work with them there? Um, and in terms of like a long reliever, just bring it all full circle in terms of now you, you're, you know, potentially bumping Kopech up to the starting rotation. Is it a Ronaldo Lopez, you know, you rely on for long relief? I don't know. A lot of question marks. Um, you know, you go to the offensive side of things with an AJ Pollock and, you know, you have some extra depth in the, in the outfield. You have Josh Harrison now that you bring in to get some depth in the infield, especially since I'm crying my tears right now with the Nick Magical being gone. I reminded myself about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it should be way more optimistic feeling, seeing as we're about a week out. Uh, once again, less than a week out, depending on when you're listening to this show um, into baseball season. But, I mean, it's really tough. Like, when you rewind to last season, Joey, and I was there. I was there, uh, the White Sox only, you know, or second, not not only home playoff game, the, the very first home playoff game, right? Uh, the one that they were victorious in, actually. But you go back to that playoff series against the Houston Astros, and you had that feeling like, wow, like, there's still a couple pieces away, right? Like, I think we talked about it on this show a few months ago, more than a few, over a half year ago at this point, but... They, they just felt and they looked like they were a team that they were on the cusp and they had that really good young chemistry going. And, you know, they had some really good spurts during the regular season. But when you match them up in the playoffs against a team like the Houston Astros with more pedigree and more experience, you knew you were a few pieces away. You add some pieces this offseason with the Joe Kelly and Pollock, Harrison, if you will. But then look at what you're potentially losing, not not necessarily in trades or free agency, but even in injury now before you even start the year with Eric Rocher. And you really question how much, how much better did you get as a team from last year? And you needed to make good strides from last season, you know, to feel really confident in getting to the next level, going all in, winning a championship. And I just don't know from where we stand here today before even, you know, throwing out the first pitch and saying play ball on April 8th, exactly how much better they got when you reflect back to last year. 
And how much does it factor into with uh, losing Rodon? You know, I know he had his ups and downs towards there the end, go. but that first half of the season was was stellar. And you never, and I know that you know he got a good deal from the Giants and deserves it. But you just wonder, you know, you wouldn't have as much reshuffling here, moving Kopech around if you still had a guy like Rodon. And I think, you know. I, I I don't buy the narrative with the socks like the, like people make with the Bears, which isn't true either. People being cheap, but but there is a question of how they allocated resources this off season. And you 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 want to go into the season when you believe you're supposed to be the favorite and feel confident in it. And I don't know if that's the case with some pieces still lacking. I mean, listen, Tim Anderson is going to be Tim Anderson, and 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 everything runs through him, and 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 this whole and and Robert and Abreu. I mean, it, it it's it's endless, Jimenez, but. You just you want to make sure all your questions are answered because these windows, as we've seen for all of our teams, are very, very short. Even when you project them to be a decades long of dominance, they're at most three to five years. And you want to make sure you're setting up for that. And not to be doom and gloomy, I mean, the Sox are a really good team. It's just you want to make sure you're in the best position to take advantage of the one or two chances you may have. I mean... You know, it's two years in a row here with early exits, and and you want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Just like our Illini, you want to make sure it doesn't happen again, even uh, when when you're considered to be more of a favorite. Wow, why did you have to do that? I was just hitting over Andre Cabello and uh, him saying, <laughs> see, "See you later to Brad see Underwood. See you later to Brad Underwood and crew. Don't you dare sit me the second half of a college basketball uh, tournament." No. Um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, like whether it be like free agency injury, however you lost him, especially like you said with Carlos Rodon, and you know not bringing him back and losing him to to free agency and whatnot, and I get it. Like there was a lot of disbelief towards the end with with Carlos Rodon, and like hey, he got paid, right? Like kudos to him, and congratulations on a big payday because you don't necessarily know if you're going to get that same consistency that you had. That was Carlos Rodon early on in the season for the Chicago White Sox last year. Obviously, toward the tail end, when things, you know, injuries and things of that nature kind of crept back up, then it was like, oh, no, are we back to this stage with Carlos Rodon? Unfortunately, would have been really unfortunate. Um, but now we know. I obviously, wish him health, wish him success. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to have that kind of consistent pitcher to fill in this year, are you? Unless that's maybe a Michael Kopech um, to like carry that burden now of what Carlos Rodon did, especially during the first half of the season for the Chicago White Sox last year's. Okay, who's going to fill that role? And then next, who's going to fill the crochet role? And then, you know, now you're filling holes. You know, you're almost worried about that. Like, okay, we'll fill these holes this way instead of it should have been improving. Like, not, you know, you're adding holes as opposed to like, you're, like, you're losing the, you're, you're, you're having more holes to fill faster than you could fill them for crying out loud, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that's what it is with the White Sox. Hey, you have over a century of games to play. Uh, obviously not over a hundred years worth of games to play, but yeah, you have a whole ton of games to play. Um, obviously there's, there's, there's plenty and plenty of bait. Like we haven't even begun yet with the first pitch of the regular season. We'll see, obviously not ideal news. It's where the white Sox go from there. That can, you know, 
change their destiny, uh, change their destiny, and uh, where they're going to end up at the end of this season when when it's all said and done. Um, now it's really, really big job on the front office, like it was at the very beginning of last year, right? When when it goes to the very end of when the White Sox got outed out of the postseason, that's when it kind of began with the front office and having some pretty big responsibilities on their hand. Now when things are shaping up like this, you have to have the depth, you have to have the the plan B, if you will. You know, you have to have that backup plan. What are they going to do now? The backup plan is now filling in those pieces. What are you going to do to get there? Um, but speaking of filling in pieces, the Chicago Cubs, see you later, Suzuki, or however it is you want to do it, international potential potential international star. Um, it's good from a publicity standpoint, if you will. It's something to be optimistic about. Is this like the number one thing on Cub fan Joey radar, Joey Gelman, uh, Gelman's radar when it comes to Cubs baseball this year in terms of, you know, what else you're going to be looking at or excited about? Obviously, it's something to be excited about because you want him, you know, hopefully he becomes a future star for the team. Um, you know, out goes Brian, out goes Baez, out goes Rizzo and all that last year. Hopefully in comes a different star, something to be potentially happy for. Is that what you feel? It's definitely exciting. I just, I, I, I need to learn more about him, and that's on me. But I, you know, it's an odd move in some ways because you retooled everything, and then you're bringing in a 27 year old outfielder that, if you're good in four or five years, he's already past 30. Um, so I'm curious what they try to think from their plan. But from a player profile, it's awesome. I mean, this this guy tears the cover off the ball, and and is, is it can be really exciting. They say he's amazing in the clubhouse, um, even with a language barrier. He's a really, really funny guy. And it's definitely going to be one of the bright spots to watch. I think for me, it's him and Stroman. I, I, I think those are the two kind of names you associate with this new Cubs team for this year. But I'm always curious, and I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm not trying to be like a downer. I'm just a skeptic because of the Bears. They've ruined me with everything. My question becomes with Suzuki is, you know, there's some people that are saying... He's the next coming of of Shohei Otani, and like that, I literally saw that today that he's the, that he's literally the next Shohei Otani. But then in my brain, it goes, okay, if he's that good, why is he twenty seven and just making it here? And that's and that's my concern, you know. Is it? And and, and I'm not going to compare it to Fukudome just because of you know similar nationality and and, and player style. I I think it's just they come okay. from 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 the same league, right? And you go, okay. Why in that league, which is a very high-level baseball litmus test, you know, it's basically the cut above AAA is what everyone says, why at 27 for Suzuki, and and I think it was 30 or 31 for, for Fukudome when he came over, you know, why did it take them that long to be discovered here? And so I'm just curious what what the full picture will be. But at this point, I mean, the the Cubs have nothing to lose. So you might as well take a flyer on this guy and have him win everyone over and have a lot of fun with it. But it's 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 going to be interesting. I mean, I, I don't mean to change subjects here, but, like, when you think about, right, okay, the Cubs are coming up. they got these new players. Sox coming up with, with a pennant race in sight. Is this the least amount of buzz and excitement you've ever seen before opening day? Because for me, it is. Like, there's there's between the lockout and... And just the state of baseball and what they did and how they're approaching things now. And and granted, for my team, it's a little worse than yours, of course. But there's just no excitement. I guess the Bulls being good helps. But it's just, 
I remember, and maybe just because I was younger, but like you just remember, like opening day is like a holiday. Like everyone's out and about, they're rocking and rolling. It's 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 either twenty degrees or seventy degrees in the bleachers, and you get lucky. You know, it's it's it had that aura to it, and now it's like, oh, it's next week. I, I forgot. Yeah. Well, I had a spring training game on the other day, and there's like nobody in the stadium. Like nobody right. gave a damn. Right. Yeah. I mean. Obviously, how much did it hurt the diehard fans? I mean, not much in terms of like you know specifically talking about the the, the um, you know the the negotiations between the players union and, and whatnot uh, and the owners. But all that silliness, like we said before, it was maybe a show or two ago. Joey, is it definitely doesn't help grow the game, right? Like you're not like you're not you're not putting like this in good light to like younger sports fans and whatnot who potentially you could captivate and like think about it. Look at us. Once you get those young fans hooked, like that's potentially like fans for life, right? Like fans forever. And when you can't bring that new audience in, when you're pissing off your current audience, which a lot of people were, I'm not saying you're losing them, but just because you don't lose somebody completely, right? Just because you don't get that typical, you know, meathead sports fan who calls up said local, you know, radio station and says, I'm getting rid of my season tickets and you know they're not, that doesn't mean they're not going to give you less exposure. Right. That doesn't mean now, like just because you don't lose them for life, you could still take a hit there. Maybe they do go to less games. Maybe they don't, you know, subscribe to, you know, whatever kind of MLB TV packages. You're not going to be booing marquee next year. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they don't maybe they don't give a damn about getting their kid right. or their or their niece or their nephew into the sport. Right. Maybe they maybe they don't care, you know, about introducing the sports to their family as much. And some of you are going to be saying, oh, Dan, you're crazy. Like, of course they will. But no, maybe you're not like I mean. Speaking as as a as a papa myself, it's like you know, like it, it's harder for me to even sell the sport, you know, to my little one. And it's like because like what what are you doing to make the game more even sellable? You know, for like me as a parent, like how how can I pitch this now? Like it's different. Like there's some who like like a me or a you who like but you know you watch it, you get a little exposure to it, and like you're right on board. But what about the ones who aren't right on board? You know, right away, like. You need to make it more captivating for them, and then like even like other age groups, you know, like like a like a middle of the road, like say like teenager or something who's like maybe starting to finally get into sports for the first time, like on their own. Like, are they going to have much interest like in baseball when like that's the exposure? We talked about this before, but no. So it's like what I'm getting at is is like it was a really terrible job in terms of growing the game this off season. The ones who are diehard fans are kind of like, all right, well, we're just waiting for this whole thing to freaking start now. Like we didn't have our spring training plans. Like we didn't go down there. There's like, we didn't even know if there was going to be a spring training for all we knew, like this thing was going to go into the middle of April. Like it could have been, you know, April 1st, like it is now, like, uh, you know, which we're recording here on haha, April fool's day. But I'm like, you didn't know. So it's like, now you lose all that. Maybe like for somebody who that was their annual trip to, to Arizona or Florida, now that's not even a thing they're going to be doing as much anymore. Like maybe they, yeah, you know, we didn't do that annual trip last year. Maybe we won't do it this year. And especially like you're coming out of the COVID times, right? Like, you know, you go back to, to what that year of 2020 was and like trying to get things off. And then, you know, you get into 2022, you know, you fast forward a couple years and like, oh, now, you know, there's a little bit of a of a rough start here. It's like you're not doing enough these last couple of years to really grow this game, get that excitement, right, back to what you were talking about for opening day, something that damn near used to be looked at as a national holiday. Like, you're not doing it. And you know what else, like, kind of sucks with the whole opening day thing? I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but part of it is, like, you literally just said it. Sometimes you have 20 degrees. Sometimes you have 70. And, like, no, I'm not telling baseball to, like, start at different times or, you know, everything has to be a dome. But it's, like, 
when that's what it is, like when that's what your memory of baseball is, sometimes it's cold and frigid. Sometimes they're like you have to do something better to make it more of an enjoyable product. So please get that done. Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm off my soapbox now. No, it's true, and it's it's just interesting, right? You go, okay, like 05 set the stage for you, right? For me, there's runs in 03. Oh, are you at 05 and 08? For me, it was 03. 2007. For the, yeah, 2000 division. Right, 03, 07, 08. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, you know, those set the table, right? And, and now what, what – and and there's turnover in roster, but the, the – the, a lot of the names stayed the same for a while, and I think that's what's difficult, at least in the Cubs side, right? Is okay, baseball's not doing great as a sport. 2016, the team that's never won in a million years, the Cubs, win the World Series, and then just a few years later, all the main core pieces are gone, and 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 the retention there is tough for a kid getting into it. And like I think with the Blackhawks, yes, they won three times with helps, but no matter the team, no matter the turnover. There was Kane, Taves, Seabrook, Keith, every time, and that was reliable, and it 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 built something. And I think, you know, the Cubs did something amazing, and then just spurned everybody afterwards. And I made good, bad, or different for the future of the team. It didn't sit well, and I think it just that coupled with what MLB did, coupled with everything, is just. It's made it kind of oh yeah like baseball's back, like it'll be you know maybe in the in July when it's beautiful out you go wonderful but like anticipation for oh my god April seventh is coming for the opening day for the league, it's just not it's just not there and the NFL frankly has been king in the off season. I mean anytime oh, MLB yes. tried to do something the NFL came back and said sorry we're here like like the Grim Reaper yeah. meme that keeps going around like we're still here you know it was amazing so yeah it, it's. It's interesting. I, I, we could do a whole other show about baseball's problems, but I won't bore you with them now. You're getting off the therapy couch, and you're uh, yeah. you know, you're you're also getting off your soapbox. Don't even no. get to me with baseball streaming, but that's another story. That's we could we might have a show on that uh, down the road, but we'll wrap it up here, Joey, with a, a fascinating. Well, that's necessarily fascinating, but an interesting, I guess I'll say, um, different choice of word statistic i guess you sent me which was franchises with the most championships and correct me if i'm wrong oh it's three yes and football this actually kind of does shock me that the chicago bears and not shocks because i always remember like if you go back to the 20s or 30s they have like championships yes they have the one super bowl but they have the seven other nfl championships league championships uh so eight which is the most correct um or no second most is it I'm just looking here. Third most, or tied second most. Yeah, Green Bay Packers with 13 because they also have their championships to go along with when it became the Super Bowl. What was it, 1960, 1961? Um, then you have the Giants with eight and the Bears with eight. So technically speaking, even though it's so damn long ago and like there wasn't as many teams way back then, you know, in the early, early 20th century, Chicago Bears still have plenty of championships. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks with six damn near half of those coming uh, during the dynasty run you were just talking about. Uh, and then the Chicago Bulls with six, literally all of them coming during the Jordan era. So it's funny, like you could pinpoint, like you could be pessimistic about those stats. Cause like I said, Bulls literally all under Jordan bears, eight championships, only one of which is a super bowl. And then the Chicago Blackhawks with six, mostly either very recent, which is still respectable 
or it goes back to the time when like you literally had like less than even 60, 70% of the league you have now. So, but still right. nonetheless. No, it was. And that's why I sent it to you because it's just, it's, it's, it's funny because you would never think the Bears would be on that list because they, they've, they've done nothing. I mean, they, they've won one <laughs> Super Bowl, like one modern ish championship in the 60s, and then the Super Bowl. And yeah. the one Super Bowl is almost 40 years ago. So it's crazy when you say, oh, the wow. Bears are on this list with eight championships ago, but none of them are relevant to anybody. And so even with the Bulls, right? I mean, yeah, it's Jordan, but that's 24 years ago already. You know, even at the top of this list, right? It's the Yankees and the Canadians, okay? The Canadians have 24 championships. <laughs> yeah. They haven't been to a cup final in almost 30 years, right? So it's it's just interesting how you look at a stat like that and go, oh, like, that's respectable. But then you look at the real picture and you go, oh, it's futile. Like, the Bears are black and white. The Bulls are getting close to black and white. The Hawks are the closest thing you got. But it's just, it's it's a reminder of how our teams have always operated, where they glorify the past and they were wonderful. But you gotta be modern and compete now for a new championship. That just like we talk with baseball, that's how you're gonna win over a new fan base. Because for right now, you know, if 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 my dad didn't have season tickets and wasn't here for the '85 Bears, and I'm a new fan or I'm the next generation below me, like point. there's no there's no attachment to a winning organization. Like the Bears. When when, yeah, when George McCaskey took a five eighty six generation goes yeah exactly like 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 the like the O five Super Bowl is fine great there was only two right there's only two years of playoff teams with that run O four O five and then Nagy ew eighteen nineteen but the fact is you know McCaskey took over George McCaskey took over in two thousand eleven they only made the playoffs in two thousand eighteen right so right. And, and they've had ten different general managers so it's just it's it it's a reminder of how we keep struggling with this I think someone. The other day, I think they interviewed Singletary. Maybe it was the score. And they talked about 85 Bears and all that stuff. And he, and he admitted, he's like, I I can't wait till we're not as in demand for this or remembered for the, not to be forget forgotten, but how have the Bears not done anything since that we are still the stars of the town? Like, he can't wait for the yeah. day where Justin Fields is, is getting all the publicity and what have you because they finally won and... Mike Singletary can go relax on a beach and not be the shuffling crew anymore. Like, it's crazy. We need you. We need you to come back to stir up the hype in the stadium. Right. Man. Like, oh, here's Dick Butkus. It's like, <laughs> really? Yeah. No, and it's nothing bad on them. They, no. they did their part. They did their job. They were amazing for their time. Absolutely. But it's like, okay, we can't just keep clinging on to the past. And like, we want to celebrate the present as much as we can, right? Um, the saddest part about the stat is you look at the Yankees 27, you look at the Lakers and the Celtics 17 apiece. Like it's teams that have been around forever, right? Like teams have been around since like, you know, since like the, you know, the, the respectively started, you know, you look at the Yankees, like somebody who's been a, a team who's been around since the beginning of the 20th century. So have those white Sox. So have the Cubs and they all have three each to their name. It's like, Two, like the White Sox have three World Series championships, two before the year 1920, and then one in 2005. It's like, 
how does that happen? Like, how sad is that? Like, what did you do? Like, you haven't won anything since pre nineteen twenty, pre nineteen eighteen. Like, was it nineteen seventeen? Was the was the last championship between two thousand and five? Like, I mean, same thing for the Chicago Cubs, which what like what hundred and eight years right before twenty sixteen. It's like, how did you go that far in between seasons without winning one, without winning two, without winning three, like multiple? Just get lucky. Yeah, just get lucky, which. I mean, for the White Sox in 05, everything worked, right? I mean, and that's how it is for a lot of baseball teams. Like, even the 2016 Cubs, um, obviously, like, everybody peaked. They're like, sure, they still have a lot of people who are stars today from that team, you know, albeit maybe on different rosters, but they're still, you know, fairly consistent. But they all, for the most part, had, like, peak years, right? A, a lot of them. Um, and that just goes to be the case sometimes with, with uh, Major League Baseball and World Series championships. But that was my last little take on that. Um so look at that, Joey. We return, and we're just as optimistic as ever on this show, right? Always I mean, is. You know, if, uh, if if the Chicago sports landscape wants to give us something positive to talk about, we have the Chicago Bulls for a little bit. Um, and then they've been on a slump as of late, and, uh, unless you're referring to uh, last night's game, which we were both at. Maybe we'll talk about our next podcast, um, which I don't know how the hell they ended up walking out with a victory there. DeMar's, DeMar DeRozan with 45-plus points. Um, perhaps that's another conversation. For 50. Another day. He hit 50. It's his career oh, it was high. Few, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was at the very end of overtime. The dunk. Last little dunk. It was the dunk. My apologies. Oh, hey, I wasn't incorrect. I said 45 plus, which is still technically 45 plus. Um, yes, but a, a 50 piece with barbecue sauce is, is what was what he tossed up. So, um, yeah, Joey, maybe next time more positive things. Heck, baseball will be being played by, by the time. Maybe we could, uh, help MLB out just for our own fandom's sake um, and try to just explain how positive we are about when opening day comes up. Maybe time will tell. We shall see. I love but, it. Do you, though? No, <laughs> well, but do you love it? Uh, on that note, do you love it or do you not? Uh, we're going to wrap things up here on the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. He is on Twitter at Joey Gellman. I'm there as well at TweetDanCollins. Joey, you said that Believe has a new Twitter handle. Is that correct? How did I not get in the loop on this? What is it again, please? For, you didn't for see the-, the email? I, oh, man. Say I didn't open it. Didn't say I didn't open it. Uh, but, yes, of course, follow Believe, uh, in Ch- Believe uh, Podcast Network on all those wonderful, wonderful social media outlets. It's just at Believe Network. There you go. Look at that. At Believe Network. Follow there. All the other amazing contributions on the platform. He's Joey. I'm Dan. We're the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.